A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I, the Lord, your God, teach you what is for your good and lead you on the way you should go. If you would hearken to my commandments, your prosperity would be like a river and your vindication like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would be like the sand and those born of your stock like its grains. Their name never cut off or blotted out from my presence. The word of the Lord. Those who follow you, Lord, will have the light of life. Bless the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. He is like a tree planted near running water that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, not so. They're like chaff which the wind drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. Dominus Fobiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Matteo, Jesus said to the crowds, To what shall I compare this generation? It is like children who sit in marketplaces and call to one another. We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, 
And they said, He is possessed by a demon. The Son of Man came, eating and drinking, and they said, Look, he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is vindicated by her works. Verbum Domini. I, the Lord your God, teach you what is for your good and lead you on the way you should go. It's this passage that we heard from the prophet Isaiah encourages us to listen attentively to the Lord's instruction and to put it into practice in our lives. The call is to listen to him who teaches us, not to teach him, not to tell him what to do or what we think is best. He is the divine teacher, not us. And the Lord reveals to us what is for our good, what will lead to divine blessing, to receive a blessing from God. Disobedience and sin, however, prevent us from flourishing in the spiritual life. They lead to misery. They lead to discontentment and to disorder in our lives. God wants us to experience his peace. And that's why he gave us these words today. I, the Lord your God, teach you what is for your good and lead you on the way you should go. He does desire our happiness. He desires our peace. He desires our eternal happiness. And he guides us on that path if we're willing to follow him. But as we know from scripture, God's people often did not listen to him, and they rejected his commandments. They rejected the teachings that he set before them. His ways were, and they are still often rejected. And we see that continued in the gospel today. God's revelation and his ways presented to us in two different forms, both from the Lord himself and from John the Baptist, were both rejected. Following the Lord's path as presented with a joyful invitation was rejected. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. The playing or the sounding of the flute refers to the call of our Lord who came as the divine bridegroom to prepare us for the wedding feast of the Lamb, the wedding feast of heaven. On the other hand, John the Baptist came as a strong witness of penance, of fasting and of asceticism, right? The, the need for self-denial. We sang a dirge, but you did not mourn. So likewise, that call to mourn and to repent of our sins, to live a life of penance and conversion was also rejected by many. Despite the clear message and invitation from the Lord himself and from John the Baptist to experience conversion, the response again of many was rejection. And perhaps at the heart of the matter is the refusal to humble ourselves and to change. We don't like to change. And rather than accepting the message to repent and to experience conversion, it'd be much easier to find an excuse to justify why we don't want to change. And that's what we see in the gospel today. John the Baptist must be possessed by a demon because who lives that way? Who lives such an austere way of life? One that's so difficult. Why follow him in the message he's presenting? So we have to find an excuse. He must be possessed. And Christ must be a glutton and a drunkard 
because he spends so much time talking with these outcasts in public centers. Again, some means to justify. In this case, certainly in both the case of our Lord himself and John the Baptist, it's calumny, it's lies. They're not true. But St. Gregory the Great spoke of a danger, a temptation that we can face in doing just this, trying to justify our own sinful behavior by seeing sin in others, by trying to see sin in others, even when it's acts of virtue. St. Gregory the Great said, when they find something good, they pry into it to see if there is not also some badness in it, right? So it might be a completely virtuous act. And we can try to discover maybe their motives are impure or really it wasn't really virtuous. So if we can find some bad motive or some potential sin in another, again, that can be used to justify why I don't want anything to do with that person or their message or what they're trying to communicate to others. So in the end, the invitation to follow the Lord, either as a means of feasting, preparing joyfully for the, for the eternal life of heaven, or fasting, that conversion, that austerity, that self-denial that we need, as presented both by our Lord and John the Baptist, again, that's still often rejected. And many want nothing to do with God and with heaven, and the things of heaven. We can also think of God's words spoken in Isaiah chapter 5, about God as the owner of the vineyard. He said, what more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? The Lord has presented his invitation to follow him in many various ways, right? He's done everything he possibly can to invite us, to call us to himself. But we accept it and humbly follow after him in a life of conversion, that conversion that he's calling us to, changing our ways and following his ways. I'll conclude with a look at Psalm 1, which was our responsorial psalm today. We are given in this psalm the image of one who is blessed and one who is cursed. There are two paths. There are two ways, one of righteousness and one of wickedness. And we're told, it's revealed, that what leads to God's blessing is avoiding sinful ways, not walking in the way of sinners. Again, sin never leads to happiness. It never leads to fulfillment. And second, what leads to God's blessing is meditating on the law of the Lord frequently, day and night, so even on a daily basis. This is what helps us to bear fruit in our spiritual lives. And we're given the image in the first Psalm of a tree planted near running water that yields fruit and whose leaves do not fade. This is a great image for us, especially when we go through, because we all do go through at various times, um, those occasions of spiritual dryness. Right? And this is a great image, a tree planted by a stream or by running water. Right? That when we are experiencing that, to go to sacred scripture, go to God's word. That's where we encounter him. That's where he reveals himself to us very clearly. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, re referencing the dogmatic constitution on divine revelation, which is Dei Verbum, reminds us that in sacred scripture, the church constantly finds her nourishment and her strength, for she welcomes it not as a human word, but as what it really is, the word of God. In the sacred books, the Father who is in heaven comes lovingly to meet his children and talks with them. So again, the Lord lays out before each of us today the choice of two paths, the path of life and goodness by seeking the Lord and following him, 
in the path of sin and disobedience and death. I'm reminded as well that Moses clearly laid out this same two choices, right, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, saying, I set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and clinging to him. For that means life to you and length of days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. So we pray today for that strength, that courage to follow the path of life, to choose life in obedience to God and his will, which we know leads to eternal life with him in heaven.